Well, hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. Delighted to have your company. My name's Angela Epstein. Naomi Lopian. And Lynn Dover. And together we are three people who have been mothered by Jewish mothers and have met many Jewish mothers over the years. And so we'd like to bring you some of the wisdoms, some of the balmy behaviour, some of the ups and some of the downs of the things we've learnt from Jewish mothers. And along the way, we're going to ask Jewish mothers, does every home need one? You think everyone needs one, Lynn? They certainly need a sounding board and a set of ears and someone to take <laughs> the uh, the strain um, of general life. Um, and that's what Jewish mothers, non-Jewish mothers, uh, fathers and generally um, grown-ups in a household do. They're the epicentre of the... Uh, the epicentre of, <laughs> of the world. But you don't have to be Jewish, you don't have to be a mother. And klaxon alert, this is not a parenting podcast. This is all about, can there be something uplifting about bringing the Jewish mother into your world? I mean, this week we're going to look at a very interesting topic. Noemi, you can probably kick us up on this one because do we get, do we push or do we pull? What is it about the Jewish mother in terms of helping us make decisions, particularly about careers? I mean, you're a GP who um, who gave up being a doctor. Did you ever get pushed or feel that you were sort of orientated into, into following the path that you did? My dad was a doctor and a dentist, practised as a dentist. So I suppose I, I heard some medical talk and I probably was subliminally encouraged, sort of That's as a, a subconscious. It is a big word. I used to tell him that I'm really frightened of blood and uh, seeing blood or touching blood. As a young kid, um, I wanted him to help me with that. Um, but I, do, I always wonder, because my dad died when I was 12, whether really he would have, uh, in inverted commas, pressured me or, for a kinder word, encouraged me. Um, I think the ideal mothering, um, and that's sort of a, a very broad term of mothering, is if we do everything in moderation. Um, actually, being a mother myself, my kids would say wallops or cod's wallops, or I always say it. <laughs> I think um, mine would rubbish say worse. <laughs> because I, I focus on 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 one way, and and that is education. My mum then became a single mum, and she was very keen for us to have an education. She she just said you have to be able to stand on your own two feet because she was widowed, aged forty four. So it was very important. Uh, to her for us to be able to be independent adults so there was no pressure on mm. the actual job and but did she did she uh, treat you as as well as the same as your siblings in that sort of line did she encourage the others as much or do you feel it was you are you the eldest i am the eldest I, um i think we were all encouraged i mean that was sort of broadcasted around the house that we had to but um i was that a financial thing or was it because you you know that, that I you think, should know I your think, place in the world i think um financial because she was widowed young i also think um the jewish background comes in that uh, your education can't be taken away you can take it wherever you need to go my mum had an experience in the second world war directly um, being held at gunpoint by Nazis and you know she had to run as a young kid of 10 so I suppose it's it sort of ingrained in us that uh, if we have an education of any sort uh, we can we can stand on our own two feet and that's th and that's the thing is though with a Jewish mother if you talk about Jewish mothers and, and people Jewish mothering you when it comes to making decisions about 
where you will go in in terms of professional life and your working life you just you just remember the old joke where the jewish mother's walking through the park with two little kids and somebody says oh how old are these two and she says the doctor's four and the dentist is five you know but it's i mean do, do you think that that still holds alter and is it helpful to sort of be badged early on i don't think so i think it's well it's much better if you can um follow your own path but we are it's very hard to resist as a parent not to shepherd, try and shepherd your child in a certain direction. Maybe you want to try and encourage to the, to them to do things that you had, didn't do or haven't achieved. I know that I went to a school... Um, posh school. A posh school. Um, <laughs> and uh, as I'm how using posh? my married name, you, uh, hopefully you won't be able to work out which one it was. On a scale yeah. of poshness, how posh was it? It was, in Ma- <laughs> well, we're, as you probably realise, we're in Manchester, so it was one of the top schools in Manchester. And did I was you very ha- lucky to go. But Did you have to change your shoes when you got to school? Yes, I did. Yes, that's really? posh. <laughs> we had indoor and outdoor shoes when I started, but it was soon changed after that. But that was a school that um, I hope my mother will forgive me for saying she didn't get into so I was um, um, encouraged to go at the time and I am also lucky enough to have a daughter who has is currently uh, in university at medical school and um, for one reason or other I was very anxious not to um, to to really stress to her that she was going to be applying to medical school not to fulfil my dream, which it was for a, a time, but to fulfil her own dream. And it's very hard not to project your ambitions on your children that you mm. haven't fulfilled. Just wanted to unpack that a little bit. I'm asking questions, so I'm deflecting from being asked questions myself. <laughs> we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to you. Because right? as, as they say in Yiddish, a lot of och and ve to come, which means, uh, what, would you say, what would you translate that as? Och and ve, sort of stress and yeah definitely um but your mum for one reason or another didn't pass the entrance exam to this school so would you say that the subtle subtle pushing if you like was as much and i have heard this particularly amongst some jewish mothers that they are they're reliving what they couldn't have i mean you you hear it sometimes when other circumstances don't enable them to have an education. I had a, another very good friend whose who's late mother was a, was a Holocaust survivor and she had just hadn't had the opportunity due to monstrous force of circumstances to have an education. So it became all the more pressurised mm. for her to fulfil an education. In different world, um, obviously your, your mum was born here, but was, was that a part of it that she wanted you to fill in that, that bit was she satisfying something in herself? Maybe it's uh, vicarious nachas. Nachas is a term where you get pleasure from your children's achievement. And maybe she, uh, in a positive way, would enjoy my success without um, where she hadn't got it. And I don't think it's a particularly uh, negative um, emotion that Jewish mothers have in particular. I think it can just be that you want your child to achieve the things that you might not have managed to and enjoy that achievement on 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 their behalf. I don't mm-hmm. think it's negative always, but it can put a terrible pressure on the children. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I'm sure we've all felt that as adults ourselves. I think if you want to, um, sometimes if you have an ambition, it's obviously a positive thing. 
And if you haven't managed to achieve it yourself, your wish for that positivity is extended and transferred to your children that you love. It's almost a subconscious thing from the mother onto a child. So it is a very positive thing because your ambition is seen as a good thing. So you want the good thing to yeah, happen to the child. You can, but it can be negative in some cases course, yeah, as well. If, we're not, pressure, if you overdo the it stress. and the children... Agreed. I mean, we said this isn't parenting, so I think that as... Um, individuals in the past we may have felt terrific pressure to achieve things um, yes. as well uh, but uh, yeah what and about th- you Angela well I think, you- I think the thing is uh, just to give us a heads up so so Noemi practiced uh, many years as a doctor Lynn is a dentist I'm actually a journalist I took the easy way out but it's interesting about how um, Jewish mothers in particular perceive what they want for us um, so um, and our, our mothers the three mothers uh, that we were mothered by are all very different uh, Noemi as, as, as hinted there's a huge story for another time her her mother was uh, was a hidden child and uh, was on the run from the Nazis at the tender age of 10 um, Lynn's mum brought up in this country and very much the, the if I don't mind me saying so the, the kind of the typical doctor's wife the homemaker yeah. brought up her three children and, and that was a very fulfilling way to for her to operate in her world my mum by dint of circumstances uh, had no choice but to work and to work full time and was always kind of but not a professional person and she always said to us whatever you get is going to be through your education a kind of sidebar from what Noemi said about Mm. the kind of the Jewish persecution background which is they can't take your education from you this was I suppose a more pragmatic thing which was you know you have to if you want to be solvent and fulfilled Mm. you're going to have to do it yourself and very luckily I I got a, a scholarship to um to another posh school but otherwise I probably wouldn't have been able to go but what's interesting is that previous generations um didn't probably involve themselves in the detail of education the way perhaps our generation and future generations do now so helicopter parents so-called will say well how was the test that you had on Tuesday about um whether the Tudors were as as whatever uh you know my mum didn't have that detail but she just said you should probably go into law. Oh, why, Mum? Well, you've got a big pisk, which is the Yiddish for mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know that it involved um, possibly a three-year degree at university, a conversion course if I didn't do a law degree, spending hours, days, years burrowing down into the statute for dusty cases. And I'm sure, obviously, there's much more to a law degree. But but superficially, certainly that kind of learning did not appeal to me. But as a Jewish mother, she just thought, oh, that sounds sensible it sounds um reliable you'll probably Mm. always get work i think our perspectives have possibly changed now but so how do you think given those backgrounds of our mothers we have a restrained hand and how can anybody have a restrained hand in not pushing others it might not just be children friends colleagues whatever into saying yeah you should go for that i mean you you talk about joshua your your wonderful youngest boy my my, i have four i'm blessed with four children three boys and then a girl and joshua who is my third boy was a very lively child and um it sort of got it culminated in his mid-teens with him being quite tough to handle I'm sure he won't mind me saying this because he's absolutely wonderful now. But while he was in his mid-teens, he was difficult and there was an atmosphere, a constant atmosphere of tension and stress in the house. We felt he wasn't working as hard as he could and he was wasting his time and his opportunities. And it got to the point that just before his um, GCSE marks, we couldn't, none of us could kind of take it anymore. And we sat down and said, right, Josh, we can push you or we can stand back. 
and whatever you achieve if we stand back will be your achievement but we can't do this anymore but if you want us to push you we will and he said stop pushing so we stopped pushing and that was the most massive turning point for us because we all suddenly everything was ratcheted down a few notches on the tension front in the house and we were all able to move forward and he kind of took the responsibility for himself and we have not looked back since that moment and he is now a wonderful wonderful boy aren't you Josh and cat burglar <laughs> no no <laughs> he, and out in the big wide world and making us very proud but at that time there was a real stress and tension in the house. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this is what happened. But but even, if, you know, forget whether you're, you're a parent or whether that's the situation that you are. We can put pressure on ourselves. Should we push ourselves? Should we feel diminished by others who are, are doing well? Especially as women. I mean, it's interesting, Noemi, because you you really worked hard to, to become a doctor and a GP. And, and you know, obviously you did all that and then and then chose for all sorts of reasons that, that, that you wanted to take your life in it in a different direction but do you think um sometimes without having a, a, a the pressure behind you um that that you know we can find our own way we can do it without somebody pushing and pushing and telling I th- us i think it's very personality dependent um but uh for example looking very close to home at uh, the way my husband was brought up and his siblings um their parents let them be more or less or particularly my husband who was the youngest of six um they let them totally be to a point where my husband wanted to stop his education uh interrupt his university studies and me being i think that's the only bit of germanic there is in me thinking no 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 so i was aghast um but his parents really gave him total free reign and it was this unconditional Um, love but I'm also looking as a more mature adult yes education education but I think one of the most important things to impart is confidence Uh, give your child confidence to be and then the child or the person will be and adults often need that in mentoring like what you've mentioned Lynn we don't all you know a mother in a shape or form a sounding board and maybe some kind sort of guidance so it's this fine line between um, direction turning into pressure so we can direct or we can just let them be there and develop as flowers i suppose it 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 all depends on personalities it definitely depends on personalities i went to a posh school in manchester but it was very structured the teaching there and very um quite high pressured and that's what i loved and i've thrived on it and I, i don't i really don't think i would have achieved what i achieved not that that's hugely amazing but Agreed. achieved what i achieved <laughs> oh, no, without no. that pressure behind so <laughs> i think it's, it's largely um it, it just depends on the personality and the person because sometimes we give ourselves pressure don't we i'm sure you we do, do angela as a, as a freelance now you you we pressure do. yourself otherwise you'd... i think it's a different pressure isn't it being freelance i think angela. being self-employed in any way um because but you, I, you can't escape it it's always with you the yes. pressure to work and but i think as a, but the thing is that the the part of the thing about this podcast is what do we recognize about the jewish mother and the jewish mothering that we've had that could be useful out there as a kind of universal theme and um and the thing is that one of the things that my mother did say to me, um, having realised that I didn't want to do law, um, I sort of railed against her a little bit because when I said I wanted to be a journalist, I hadn't really reconciled with it in my head with what it would mean if I also wanted to go down the domestic path and maybe settle down and have a family one day and do all these things. And there's a kind of there's a roaring feminist argument mm. that says, 
you shouldn't do that. You mustn't do that. You must let them just be and work it out. But equally, um, I think some of the some Jewish mothers, strong Jewish mothers, would say, no, this is a conversation perhaps you should have with boys and girls, with whomever who comes to you for advice and say, look, that's great if you want to be an astronaut, but if you want to get home on Friday afternoon to get the chicken soup on, it ain't going to work. Um, and so and in some ways, you know, the Jewish mother is sort of derided for that. And part of the reason we have the, the lovely introduction of Avram Aronson singing My Edisha Mama, followed by the scratch as we pull it off the turntable, is because we are uh, trying to punch a hole in some of the stereotypes um, and, and look at the fact that we do need to recognise um, that there is a balance to be struck. But equally, I would argue that Jewish mothers are in some ways the first feminists because they often worked when their husbands didn't. If you look at what our grandmothers did, um, you know, mm. they had businesses without educations when maybe their husbands were not working. I think uh, my great-grandmother came over from Lithuania in the at the turn of the uh, last century and um, because I think I've mentioned before she lost her husband young, she set a, had a little deli. So she used to make cream cheese and pickle cucumbers and that's what she did and she yep. brought mm. up her three girls in, in difficult circumstances. And I think um, a lot of us can trace... Um, escape as Jewish Jewish people have often escaped from duress and hardship and persecution in order to start a new life and had a pressure on them to um, achieve. But also to, to put a meal on the table, yeah. which, is, which is obviously the story of many an immigrant community. But it's also this idea that maybe Jewish, women, Jewish mothers were, the, were feminists because simply because certainly in orthodox circles... Uh, and it still happens today, a man may devote himself to Jewish education and Jewish learning, and the woman supports that and supports him and supports herself. My my uh, grandmother, my Yiddish-speaking grandmother, ran a little fruit and vegetable shop from her from her front room. So looking at sort of this issue of, of do we push and do we pull, what have we learned from our, our Jewish mothers and the Jewish mothers we've known in terms of getting the balance right? I mean, Noemi, your, your girls, uh, you've got four, four girls. girls. I mean, have Having been through an experience where your mother had her education abruptly stopped, you mm, felt the pressure to do it. You were told that, you know, you really need to make something yeah. of yourself. You then stopped because you wanted to be more of the Jewish mother and it was too much to yes, do it to all. It. What what have you distilled from all that in, in what you've now would tell other people raising their kids or anybody that's looking whether career is right for them, whether they need that pressure? I think number one is be true to yourself. Go first and foremost with your instinct. We human beings uh, are, all have some sort of instinct and to go with what you feel is right for yourself and for your family mm. and that there isn't such a thing as a real, as a prescription as such. And, and you know, to let them be, I'm still learning to let them be um, and I've been told it numerous times so I can see um, from these people commenting on on the way maybe I bring up or I act in my life is to step back there's my brother-in-law who often said he's a psychiatrist let them be and my dear mother-in-law who I was uh, who was my close friend often would say just let them be and it's actually very hard to step back and and let them be and to feel safe and to sit back and watch I, I find that myself a hard thing to do but I always quote my dear friend Danny Finkelstein and his book is Everything in Moderation. And that was something that my dad used to tell me 
And I think that's the answer to a lot of good living and to a lot of good mothering is a little bit of everything. But the, but also I would I would also say that the, the Jewish mother you, you you're right but the the Jewish mother of course you're right otherwise you won't be on this podcast um, <laughs> just but, about still holding on just about just about yeah Claudia Winkleman when you're ready um, but but also the, the Jewish the Jewish mother I've got the fringe the Jewish mother is the great or, or my experience of Jewish mother not just my own but the mo- Jewish mothers I've known your mothers and the Jew- many Jewish mothers I've known is that they are your greatest champion. Yeah. So when you've had experiences at school, for example, um, where the school might have said you're not good enough or this isn't good enough, they, uh, yeah, worst worst case scenario, they go blustering in ready to fire hard canadals, which are like soup dumplings at anybody that could suggest such a thing. But at the very least, they will fight your corner, not because you're a mummy's boy, because they understand it. I mean, you know, have you ever had an experience where, the, where schools have actually said to you, you're not good enough, but then, you know, your parents have been the backstop? Yeah, I wanted to do medicine. I was told at school that yeah, you weren't clever enough and I should, at the time, dentistry had a slightly lower... Not This isn't a really a career talk. I feel almost embarrassed ad- admitting this. But um, And so I applied for dentistry at the time and I haven't looked back. It was probably the best decision at the time, but it is very frustrating to be told you can't do something. I agree. I yeah. think it's the worst, worst thing and to be told almost that you're not capable of it and I think that that's so damaging. I had two experiences like that, one in high school and listeners I did not go to a posh high school when I first moved to this country but (laughs) a Jewish (laughs) I did except in my house a Jewish Orthodox girls school and uh, the teacher the teacher um, just didn't think I was any good at English which might be understandable seeing that I came over at the age of 13 at my mum a parents evening she'd say all I need was a doll that was sort of third form fourth form like I hadn't progressed and in the end I decided to swap my work with my friend and then you know my friend got the A's and uh, my friend got uh, the A's and I still got the C's with my friend's work even though she too was an A student so there is that and then my dear mother uh, and again, I don't blame her at all. I, I would have done exactly the same thing, so there's no blame here. Um, sent me to for private tuition, and I was told every week, you're a stupid girl, you're a stupid girl. You'll be lucky if you'll be a secretary. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a secretary. On the contrary, I wish and dreamed I had a secretary. My life would be so much more <laughs> organised and less chaotic. Yeah, but absolutely. to hear that week after week is, is soul-destroying. Um, and and it's hard to pick yourself up because a little bit, of course, or a lot goes into you, especially when you're a teenager. And you know you're very you're not rooted yet, are we? We're, we're still fragile. We're still looking. We're like a a young plant that bends in the wind with whatever our mentors or teachers or mothers say to us. So and that's why we and that's why the Jewish mother for all the the, the pushiness that mm. she's been badged with. Uh, and remember the the, the Maureen Lippman BT um, oh, advert. That. You got an ology. But but yeah. she will trailblaze and stand up for you in a way that, yes. um, and that's why, as Lynn said at the beginning of this episode, is that you don't necessarily need a female mother in your life, but it's what we're trying to do is curate the bits of the Jewish mother that mm-hmm. may actually 
give your life a, a nice uplifting dimension. I also think that you can big a child up to them too much so that they become a slightly obnoxious character. Just so you, they can think that too much of themselves. It's very, very, very difficult yes. to, to yes. not to... And, and I think a little bit of failure... Um, will make it somebody because they will understand uh, and appreciate their achievements but not become so um, big-headed and self-centered that, that they they are over completely um difficult and uh, to live with um i just think that we need it's all a matter like uh, noemi said of balance and moderation it is mm. so um You'll probably be familiar with helicopter parents if you're in that world or at least people in the workplace who are who are pushy and seem to be the ones that are that are, you know, powering forward with great ideas of where their career should be and what they should be doing. And perhaps you're feeling reticent. Perhaps you were told at school that, you know, you wouldn't make anything of yourselves. Um, But so maybe just kind of if you can remember some of the Jewish woman, Jewish mother philosophy that we've learned uh, from being mothered by Jewish mothers is that you can be something and that it is not a terrible thing. If you don't want to be that person you want that, that powers through the glass ceiling, that you want to have a life that balances making muffins with um, going out to a, to a job that, that enables you to enjoy the other aspects of, uh, of your life that you want to be. And, um, and just, you know, education, but it has to be in a way that you can satisfy yourself. So I would say from what we've discussed this week, um, what would be your takeaway wisdom from the Jewish mothering that you've had as a guidance for people that maybe have lacking the confidence to go further or if they have got kids, you know, how not to push too much that they become, as Lynn said, big headed or too much in believing that they're going to be something greater than than they are at that moment. Well, I come from somebody who uh, might not come across like that, but uh, hasn't got much self-belief. So I would say believe in yourself. And my girls will laugh because I tell them always, if you will it, it is not a dream. Um, So go for it. Think that you can do it and try. There's nothing to stop you. Don't allow because I was stopped twice. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And, and you know, I wasn't such a good Jewish girl because I, I desperately wanted to study medicine and I was brought up in an orthodox environment. And when people found out, my mother had people coming, knocking on the door, telling her not to allow me to do that. And um, I felt that uh, all this was very prohibitive. Um, and of course, I sort of always um, sort of was torn. I was pulled and pushed within myself in a multitude of directions. And sometimes it just takes time to come to, but you have to be allowed to come to. Um, so that's what I would say to allow, allow yourself, give yourself the space and time. Because it does, I know it sometimes sounds cliched, but it's true, it, it, it does come. And, and also just finally, Lynn, this idea that, is it true you can have it all? I mean, I know that's a whole different conversation, but when when the Jewish mother framed our, our futures and, and gave us the advice and support, perhaps, you know, it doesn't hurt to say you're not necessarily going to have it all. I don't think um, you can have absolutely it all in all aspects of your life. And if you are compromise a little bit, you can have nearly it all um, uh, and achieve pretty much... Um, everything you want to achieve but you can't you can't have you can't you you can't achieve everything but and you have to compromise a little 
Absolutely. So uh, I want to end with the most famous, one of the most famous Jewish sayings here, because I just came to my head. He who is rich is happy with his lot. And to achieve that sort of or she. happiness, or she. <laughs> just saying. Oh, definitely she, well spotted, Lynn. By he, I mean myself. And probably talking to myself as I talk to you all is to strive for that. And that, that gives a lot of inner peace and, and true happiness. Agreed. And yeah, a, a wonderful note to, to finish on. And to remember that, um, you know, pushing and pulling, um, you have to look at the person and the individual and it may well be that, as my, my son said to me as, as before I came in today, and when I told him we were discussing about education, oh, education, and he said, it was ridiculous that I would hear um, Jewish mothers in particular talking about whether their kids should do law conversion courses at the age of 14. What, what, you know, they hadn't even done their GCSEs yet. What, what is it all? And, you know, and I try to sort of play devil's advocate and say, well, I, they're, perhaps they're just putting the idea in your mind and putting mm. it on the table. And I think it's just a question of, you're right, you just got to let it be. I think it's very important to whatever you do, make sure it's legal and make sure you enjoy <laughs> It's something you enjoy doing because you're going to be doing it for yes. a very long time. On that killjoy note. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Not at all. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Jewish Mother Me. We hope you'll join us again soon for more ways of looking at the world through the, the eyes of the Jewish mothers we have known. And perhaps they can Jewish mother you as much as they have Jewish mothered me. My name's Angela Epstein and they've Jewish mothered you, Naomi Lopian, and you, and Lynn Dover. Until next time, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.